0: truly blessed. Hey, something we're supposed to do if Chris wants to hit a wrong note or do something, what are we supposed
1: to say? Oh,
2: Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Oh,
0: yeah. So <laughs> blessed <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep your <laughs> eyes on the road. Keep, keep your eyes, eyes on the road. No more, I'll Yeah, we're so blessed to uh, have Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. But anyhow, yeah, does anyone have anything before we uh, go to the Lord's prayer? we got you got any prayer requests, definitely want to lift those up. But anybody have anything?
2: Y'all remember Marilyn. She's not feeling well. So. Yeah, I
0: understand. She's not feeling well this morning. Michael's out of town. Yes. And I'll, go
2: a <laughs> 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 I'll
3: go check on Rick.
2: Moses
3: is good.
0: There's a whole bunch of people yeah. messers, so. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. pray for
1: Mom and oh, Grandma. That's that bad. They're both really sick. Yeah, yeah. The church always keeping my mother oh. in their prayers. She yeah, that's
0: remember nature.
1: Let's remember Belinda Ayer.
0: She's uh, she carried her mom to uh, Gatlinburg for the weekend. I oh, know, okay. So let her travel. So okay. Definitely remember that. Or anyone else? It's always good to see Brother Robert and Dale here. Yeah, yeah. Amen. We'll just see that. Come back after this weekend. There's a little boy that lives in this community. He's five years old. He was born with his intestines on the outside of his stomach. He has had 10 surgeries. He's been in Nebraska since August. And the doctors have had, he had a transplant. And the doctors have had to take that out this week. And they will have to decide if they will have to try it again because his body got so much infection in it. Oh, and true. he told his grandmother, he said, I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's at a long time in a lot of pain wow. and he's really pressed. Yeah, any man, any Anyone else? We do have so much to pray for, after for sure. And uh, Sister Blaine, if you don't mind, me pray for this, please. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out this way, thank the Lord, and in your house, the Lord. Thank you,
2: Lord.
3: Pray to you will be the messenger,
2: to that message, be with all the people involved in the service the Lord. They're with the song leaders,
3: the communicators, the teachers, the schools, that the message to the Lord. I pray the give them all what they need to give us what we need this morning. Pray the be with all those there sleep out and about the Lord. Those in the hospitals, Lord, in the of, Lord. But mostly those not to the Lord. I pray that you'll just reach down and touch their heart, and Lord. A little bit opportunities opportunity to come to know you, Lord. I pray you see with us all as we go out today. The Lord you are a Lord, and let's let us touch someone's heart. And Lord, so feel blessed, Jill. Thank you for all that
0: you've done for us and all that you will do for us. Amen. 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 Y'all can be seated. I want to thank the ones that came out yesterday and uh, put the fruit baskets together, and I think there were several lizzie yesterday so that was a that was a blessing there too i know vanessa and i missed that opportunity definitely want to be there but we had some uh a, a, a reunion at our house and so we had to be there for that but definitely missed a blessing i know about delivering the free baskets and thank you one so much that done that we're going to deliver a few more this afternoons uh, right after you know after church and and do some singing some caroling so uh, looking forward to that one of the great times great times Look at, everybody take your book uh, and look at page 675, 675. This will be a part of a new song, but I gave my life to thee. We'll sing all four verses of this song. Now, I'm scriptures really trying to love these, these hymns, and this is coming out of mine uh, chapter 15, verse 13. It says, greater love has no one than this. He laid down his life. Testimony or anything that I could bring before Brother Rogers comes and brings our devotion this morning. Well, so good. So it, it is good to be here this morning, and now we're just going to give the you know our praise and uh, to the Lord this morning. And I just I'm just so thankful again for for the church and and what it means to me here, and uh, I just can't thank you. Thank y'all and what y'all means to me too. What a blessing y'all are. Each and every week we come together. Uh, listen, anyone don't have anything, let Roger come and bring your devotion. Heavenly Lord.
3: Really good to be here today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, delivered a couple of fruit baskets yesterday and uh, everybody we went to was just so pleased and thankful to have them and um just uh was just a, a good good afternoon doing that uh, got to visit uh, miss bonnie a little while and uh, she was doing doing good and uh she was thankful for some visits she'd had this week and people had come to see her and talked to her a while and um uh, means a lot it means a lot to her uh, and others just to have somebody come by and just spend a few minutes with her and, uh, I've got a card we'll read that uh, before I forget it <laughs> It says, a little thoughtfulness can be the greatest blessing of all it says thank you for the beautiful flowers we appreciate each visit and kind word from all of you thank you the family of Lisa Smith Hanley and e beautiful lady there, Miss, Miss Lisa was a beautiful lady. We need to be sure to keep Rod in the prayers. Uh, he's, uh, he's lost a lot there. I can't relate to that. I can relate to some things, but I can't relate to that. <clears throat> devotion today, I've, I've been thinking this week about, um, it seems like there's a lot of turmoil in our country. It seems like there's a lot of just things going on that that are we just know are not right. And, um, in, in our churches, there's an attack on our churches. And uh, Elaine and I were talking about it a little earlier. And, and some of the churches are are in turmoil and struggling right now with uh, decisions their their leadership is making for them. And uh, and they're they're having some problems with that. And it's causing some of the churches to. Uh, uh, to divide, to have a split, and and you know you think well that's really really bad. That church has been there so long, and its and its people are at odds with each other about the direction it should go, and some of them are <coughs> not to go to do other things. But if we look at it, maybe that is a, a an awakening to the church. To, to truly stand, and, you know, sometimes you just can't keep eating all their are you. just have to say, "Wait a minute, I can't, I can't swallow this," right. and and take a stand. And maybe, hopefully, they'll come back stronger than they were, and and they'll bring people in that, um, that you know, that maybe couldn't couldn't agree the other way. So we need to pray for our churches, not not just our Baptist associations, but. Uh, you know, Methodists right now are really under attack, right. on, uh, and they are they are struggling with that. So, um, I've got some good friends involved with in that. So, y'all keep y'all keep our uh, Christian brothers and sisters in your prayers when you pray. Not uh, you know, not that uh, anything you know, I, it, just that, that they would do the right thing and that God would be in it and lead them. Uh, if they'll take the right steps, they'll have somebody walking beside them. And and the scripture we read today kind of indicates that uh, if y'all would like to turn, it's the hundred and seventh psalm, and I will start at verse twenty one. <coughs> excuse, excuse my voice. I, it's just me this time of year, and most of the other times of year too. But um, this scripture starts out this uh, the twenty first verse of the hundred seventh psalm. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Uh, And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare His works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders the ship. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. And they mount up to heaven, and they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wits end. Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm to calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Uh, and then they are glad, because they be quiet. And he bringeth them into their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wondrous works to the children of men. So in these times of distress that we're living in, in these times of trouble, the things that that we don't understand, you know, sometimes I'll see something and I'll just say, I just don't understand how anybody could see it that way. I just. But if we keep walking in the paths, He'll, he'll hold that hand and calm those waves and bring them back down, so we can we can have a haven mm-hmm. where we're at. And uh, I, you know, I, I try not to stress over that stuff. I try to just think that well, it's just a it's a rocky patch we're in right now. And sometimes we have to go through those. But if we come out stronger on the other side, it's been a good thing. It's been a good thing. And uh, I just want to uh, ask us to to remember. Uh, remember, these people that are going through these these stressful times now. They're they're um, you know it, it's hard on people to see trouble. It's hard on people in their families and their churches especially. So if we keep everybody uh, in mind and in our prayers and our thoughts, and um, you see somebody, give them a give them an uplifting thought, give them a hug. Sometimes just a, a handshake or a hug means a lot to people. So. Let's let's keep everybody like that in mind and through the holiday season. That uh, that uh, whatever whatever uh, troubles they're in right now, that, that they'll climb through that and, and come out stronger on the other side. Uh, anybody got anything you'd like to say this morning before we take her classes? We, we went by to
2: see Miss Needle
1: Game
3: yesterday at the nursing home. And why is she pretty? She just. She's pretty, wasn't she? She's
1: pretty. But y'all keep praying your prayers. Yeah. She, she did not know me. She don't know
2: Chris.
3: It but is. we know her.
2: It, you know, it just maybe me want to cry for her. Okay.
3: Anyone else? If not, we'll take her classes at this time.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. That's pretty good. Good morning. (laughs) Wasn't bad. Good 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 morning. Good morning. You know, uh, there used to be an evangelist that came to our area from time to time from Marietta, Georgia, and his name was uh, Brother John Hull. And he also had AM uh, station uh, programs all over the southeast. And uh, I remember once when I was a kid him saying this, and I may have said this slower, but he said, uh, it's two good times to praise the Lord. And he said, "When you feel like it, and when you don't feel like it, <laughs> and that's really true." So this morning, you know, every day is not our very best day, and in some days we may feel a little uh, more like just, you know, kicking up our heels a little bit and praising the Lord and being thankful. But on those days that we don't feel that way, um, it's just as important because uh, we need to lift Him up. And the promise of the scripture is uh, that just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, uh, the Lord said, if I I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so we as Christians need to continue to lift them up, don't we? Sure. I appreciate what um, uh, Elaine and Roger said about going to visit Mother. I appreciate that very much, y'all. It is a it is uh i've learned this and some of you are older than me but i've learned this it, it takes a lot of courage to grow over would you agree with that brother robert yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of courage and to see what uh, we might be faced with i do appreciate you uh, praying for mother she um uh, she um she knows that i'm a familiar face, I think most of the time and was glad to see me, but as far as knowing what my name was or anything like that I, that's that's gone from her and you know that's not just her plot but there's lots of people that face that and uh, so and I don't want to get emotional I didn't mean to go down this road but, uh, but you know so we do things sometimes cause it's the right thing to do and um, when questioned once well why, why do you go over there all the time she don't even know and my response to that is that is true but I know who she is and that's what counts and so when we have opportunity to do good to those uh, that um, we have an opportunity to do so, to do good to then we're truly truly um, following <clears throat> the steps of jesus because we serve him in the highest and best way when we serve each other and people that are in need in fact i think there's a scripture that says um, that pure religion and undefiled is to visit the widows and the orphans in their need so we want to take opportunity to do that before I get into the lesson I want to say a couple of other things and that is uh, I was very challenged by Brother Steve's message last week anybody remember Brother Steve? I don't look I don't, don't <laughs> we, I'm on. do you remember what Brother Steve preached on? you don't have to raise your hand but do you? Yeah. Uh, That was meaningful to me, Brother Steve, because we need to be reminded of ways that we need to reform our life and do better. And you've heard me say this before. I, I don't come to church because I'm a good person. I'm not a good person. But I come to church because I want to be a better person, don't you? God bless you. Brother. It's in my heart to be a better person. And that's why that I come to church. So I was challenged by Brother Steve's message last week. And um, I hope it challenged you to some action in your life. It did me. I'm going to share that with you not not to be boastful in any way just to share um, and Brother Steve I hope this will be encouragement to you as you bring a message to us how many of you have been to the doctor's office or to the restaurant or wherever and you look around and everybody just <laughs> you see it you know in that message last week I made fun of people like that But in that message last week, I saw you becoming one of those people. Because any time that I had a a down moment, if there was a missile fire fired at Ukraine, I want to know it right then. Any time I had a chance, I was checking on that. You know, if the financial markets were going up or down, I wanted to know it right then. And so I found myself becoming somebody that um, was being fascinated, I guess, with that. Hey, are you? Am I by myself in that? No, hey, am I by myself? I hope we'll listening. Of- <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, <laughs> well I uh, and. Uh, so and and my daughter made a statement a couple weeks ago that already pricked my heart a little bit before your sermon brother steve and that was we were talking about a particular piano and so immediately i got my phone out and i thought well i'll see where that's made and who made it and who bought that company and and as i did you know you look up those stories and then you get down toward the bottom of the page and it said, it'll say you may also be interested in this and this and this and so you see something and, yeah well i'm interested in that too and then you get through that and you're interested in that too and, uh, and then something comes along and says you know click here to see where dolly parton lives so, you know <laughs> and so and my and, well don't wouldn't you want an overdog partner I mean, really? would, you, would you be interested in that so uh, and my daughter laughed and she said well there goes daddy down the google rabbit hole <laughs> and um, but i thought a well lot about that in that in that message last week no, Steve, and I, I wanted to share that because i was convicted about that So after the service last Sunday uh, you know the phone is a a powerful tool in our business and we need it but I determined that I would not do that this week and I have used my phone for a telephone but I have not looked up anything on it this week since uh, the sermon last Sunday because Brother Steve that's where I realized I needed to reform something in my own life. And uh, the outside world will take over your life. And they will tell you what to think, what to say, how to act, what everybody else is doing, and try to dictate to you what you should do. And I was thinking about that in we ours the morning this morning. And I'll get to the lesson here in just a minute. But I thought about the wonderful instruction and encouragement we have in the book of Philippians. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9 even tells us and instructs us about how we should think. And we should think on things that are honest and just and of good report, And the list goes on, four or five things. And and the scripture tells us, think on these things. So, Brother Steve, your message had an impact on my life. I'm going to share that with you. And I hope that it had an impact on your life because it, it was wonderful. If it did, I'm going to give you a chance to share it. Anybody? Well, that's personal. Yes, sir.
0: Well, today me and Maggie have decided not to watch TV and not to go on the park unless it's a phone call. And I encourage all of us to try to go a day or two without being on these instruments.
1: Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that, Ken. And uh, and you know what? You know what the truth of the matter is. <coughs> I have slept better. And I have felt better. And um, it's just been a better week. Not that I will never look up something on my telephone, but that I'm reminded that there's a line to be drawn. And that we don't let the external things of this world come in and take a- over our life. So um, thank you for that, Brother Steve. Sure. That's been a lot to me this week. Well, our, our scripture comes from the 22nd chapter of Genesis, the 22nd chapter of Genesis. And I'm telling you, this is one of the great, great, great books of the Bible, 22nd chapter of Genesis. And um, I'm going to ask you to turn there. And, you know, I, I could do a brief summary and overview of this whole chapter pretty quickly because you already know all about it, but I, I want us to stop and, and maybe not go quite that far and uh, when Brother Michael's back to teach us, get more into the details of this chapter. But it's a great chapter. It's, uh, there's some wonderful, wonderful things in this chapter. And I'm gonna start reading with verse 22. It came to pass after these things, Let me say that again. It came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. Now, the word tempt, to me, and of course we encounter words all the time that maybe was used in one generation and they take on some different meaning um, as as generations pass, but most Bible commentaries would interpret that as tests. As tests. So I don't think I would be doing injustice to the scripture in any way to say that God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountains which I will tell thee. Now, I don't know how you may feel about or how you may, um, how that may affect you when you read that, but to me, that's a horror story. Just think about it for a minute. We've heard this story our whole life, but just stop and think about it a minute. Why would God instruct someone to offer their child as a sacrifice? We see that somewhat in the Old Testament, and we had the God of Molech that they offered children as sacrifices. But here we have a picture of God telling Abraham to offer his son. Not just his son, his only son. Not just his only son, but his only son that thou lovest. And so, that's, I mean, that's... Now, there's a whole beautiful picture to this. But when we get into it, that's pretty rough up. So why would God do such a thing? And then why would Abraham, as a father of a child, say, Okay, I'm good with it. Let's do it. I don't, I don't get that. I can't comprehend that. But Abraham did say, That's one of those times if somebody started telling me something on the telephone that I'm tired of hearing, I might say, or you might say, hey, you breaking up on me? Hey. <laughs> Dead spot. Click. Um, but that's pretty tough, isn't it? But let's go back and let's think a little bit about where we are by going to the first, back to the first of this verse. And it came to pass after these things so my question was after what time what are we talking about here you know the life of Abraham we really start getting in earnest about the study of the life of Abraham um, in the 12th book of Genesis and then this 22nd book is not the end of that by any means but when we get over to the 23rd chapter we're going to be talking about the death of, of Sarah and then as the chapters progress we're going to be talking about and studying more about the descendants of Abraham than we are Abraham himself so these chapters from about chapter 12 up through 22 uh really are kind of the bookends to a lot of the life of Abraham and uh, it's indeed very important so my question of what what things well I went back to look a little bit because I think it's a great place for us to stop and be reminded a little bit that when we go back to the 12th chapter, God calls Abraham to leave his father's house to a land I will show you. Something very similar happening here in the 22nd chapter. And so on this journey, Abraham or Abram at the time because there was a famine in the land went down to Egypt and we'll talk a little bit more about what happened down in Egypt but it was not not a good thing and um, we studied that in part of the 12th chapter Um, then further we come along and we have the story of Abraham and Lot and the fact that they parted and went their separate ways And God made a covenant with Abram in Genesis 15 that's important to our study today, and that is that he would have a son of his very own. And God told Abram, although he was without an heir at that time, that his offspring would someday be innumerable. And compared it to looking at the stars in the sky Abraham Abraham and Sarah got a little nervous about that though didn't they and began to take matters in their own hands and uh, we know what happened there so Abraham had a son uh, because they got a little nervous waiting on God so they had a son right by whom Hagar and that son's name was so it was kind of interesting to me that when we got to chapter 22 that the scripture said take thou thy son your only son but that wasn't his only son But there's a real significance to that I think too so in chapter 17 um, Isaac's birth was promised again and what happened what did Abraham and Sarah do at that time they thought that was about the funniest thing they ever heard of didn't they? So they laughed. And once again, Abraham has to rescue Lot from Sodom. Then finally, we get to chapter 21, and there we find that Isaac was actually born. The child of promise was actually born. So there had been a lot of things happen in the life of abraham from chapter 12 up to chapter 22 and so i think when we turn back to the scripture in 22 and it said and after and it came to pass after these things we have to look at what's about to take place in light of all that god has done in the life of abraham up to that point and that God did test Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. So as we study this lesson, and I know the time's gonna be gone, but I-, I want you to think a little bit about this. Have you ever faced anything in life that you felt like was a personal test? And has God ever asked you to do anything that you felt like was a personal sacrifice and that's one of the reasons I asked Wayne to sing that last hymn that we sung that asked at the end of every verse a very poignant question I've done this for you what have you done for me and that was really the summation of every verse in that so why do you think it was necessary, why did God feel like it was necessary to test Abraham? Anybody got any thoughts on that at all? Not for God's sake,
0: but for Abraham.
1: And for ours. Yeah, and for ours. That's right. Because, you know, when we look back at just the events that we have just been talking about, think about this. God told Abraham back in our study, to go to a land that I will show you. Leave your father, leave everything, and go. And Abraham did that. Okay? And then the first thing they did is he trusted God for that. But but then the first thing he did when he went down to Egypt was he gave because his wife was beautiful and he knew the Egyptians would see that she was beautiful and that they might want to take her for a wife to Pharaoh and kill him and get him out of the way so what did he do he said well they're going to take her anyway so he just volunteered with and he didn't trust God in that he didn't trust God in that but then it comes to a time that uh, he and uh, Lot had to go their separate way he just let Lot make his choice and he went again as God directed him he showed confidence in God again but was when Abram and Sarah went down to Egypt was that the only time he gave her away was there another time yes there was but just in these chapters he gave her over to the king of Abimelech and but God spoke to Abimelech and stopped him and said no no you can't you're not going there But that's another time that Abraham really uh, didn't trust God. Did did they really trust God when God said, I will provide you a son? No, got a little nervous about that, didn't they? Took matters in their own hand. But then again here, the the, the son of promise, Isaac, uh, Isaac, was born. And God said again, go. And he just went so it seemed to me when I read this that there's times that he was fully trusting of God and other times that he wasn't and boy when that when I thought about that and and give that a little thought I thought oh that's my story maybe it's not yours but it's my story that sometimes I can just trust God and other times I find myself doing things and behaving in ways that would say to anybody looking on that I'm really not trusting God. So, so they was kind of, I feel like, that this thing kind of come down to a showdown. And so Abraham and God were, were gonna, they, they were, there's gonna be some things proven in this and um, there was a point of decision in abraham's life unlike anything that he had ever faced now i asked a while ago have you ever faced something that you thought was a test well this was a real test wasn't it but you know something about a test when you're tested and you follow god's leadership and you do what god is asking you to do through that test guess what it becomes a testimony right Right. it becomes a testimony and so you have things that you can talk about and share that's happened in your life that you would never had if you had not went through that test so i think that here Abraham had to there was just some decisions to be made God told him to go he told him to offer his son and he made that decision that he would go and he would do and he would trust God in this so he found out beyond any shadow of a doubt that God was trustworthy and God can be trusted in whatever the circumstance because remember it was a test and so when they got to the mountain that the, that the Lord showed him Mount Moriah and he left his servant and pack animal behind and he said we're going to the mountain to worship and shall return so did did, did Abraham really brother Steve did he ever really think that he was going to go on the mountain and, and that would be the case that he would actually sacrifice his son he indicated in the scripture that, that we will be back that we will return so a test sometime may not have the conclusion that we might think it would have and um, but but we have to get to the place in our life through that test to completely trust god to pass the test Um, i had a cousin this story sticks out in my mind it was also vanessa's cousin his name is ralph smith and he's passed away now but he felt like god was calling him to preach and he just could not give over to do that because he said he said, I would. Uh, I'm just not, I just couldn't. If God called me to a foreign land or to be a missionary, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. No way. I just can't do it. And so, But the Lord kept dealing with him, kept dealing with him. And uh, so um, he'd tell the Lord, I can't do it. I, I, can't, I can't accept this call, not knowing what you're going to want me to do and so of course as time went by he did completely surrender to the lord and accepted that call to preach and at one point he said he told the lord he said i'll go anywhere in the state of alabama when you want me to go and that didn't get the job done but uh when he completely surrendered and did do what the lord wanted him to do he said the furthest i ever ever had to go was laurel misty the a Church over in Mississippi, so that come, come to mind in that we have to. So Abraham, Abraham found out through this experience that God was completely trustworthy and God proved himself to be trustworthy because he did not. Uh, He did not, in the end, require Abraham to actually sacrifice his son. Now, we're going to get out of time here in a minute. And there's great great parallels to be drawn here in this uh, this story. And, of course, we draw that parallel between Abraham and Isaac and God giving his son, don't we? But that's a big difference. What is that difference? Give that is the difference, Pam. That is the difference. Abraham had to be willing, but he didn't have to give his son. But but God, through his son, Jesus, was willing and he did give And it's through his shed blood that we have the life and abundant life that the Lord has for us you know I think it's probably very human something that we very much have all experienced to go through periods in life that may we may feel like are test or we may have to choose do we believe or do we don't believe have you have you ever been there I, I so vividly remember the year that I was 27 years old and uh, Pam and I had young children we lived on trying to make a living on the farm we had young children and uh, it was just hard everybody's been there when they starting out and trying to raise kids and it's just hard and um uh, I can remember things that happened where I had to make a decision, and I had to prove God's trustworthiness. I don't know about you, but but God will provide. Have you ever proved it? Has He ever proved it to you? God will provide, and part of this story is that God, Jehovah Jireh is the God of, that provides uh, and that being one of God's names that Abraham named it at the mountain because the Lord provided the sacrifice when he was not required to do that. I can remember things in life I know you can too. One time one time, Pam and I, we, we hadn't been married long and we lived up here at the Williams settlement and. a 14 by 70 mobile home that we thought was just wonderful. You know people get on to me all the time about these mobile homes everywhere. I said I lived in one and if I couldn't, if I, if we couldn't had it, I don't know how we got started off. But uh, I remember we hadn't been long, married long and we didn't know how we was going to buy groceries the next time we need to buy groceries you you know the story you gonna tell it (laughs) (laughs) so you know when you get married you get a few gifts and you know people give you something well we had uh, some friends in texas and uh you know it was several months and we were i tell you we didn't know where the next meal was going to come from and pam went to the mailbox And they sent us a wedding gift of $50, a check for $50. It might as well have been $500,000 for what it meant to us at that time. And so so God will provide. God will provide. One time I was in a a place in my life that I really, really began to have some doubts. You know, I've been raised in church. Is, is this is this all is this you know. Do I really believe all this stuff or not? Have you ever been there? Am I is am I being too personal with my own life? I've been there. And I remember I remember things that happened. I remember one time Pam's grandpa Davis, Albert Davis, some of you might have known. Him. He was stricken with a uh, affliction that was kind of new at that time. Nobody had ever heard of it. Linda, it was called Guillain-Barre syndrome, and he was in University Hospital uh, on a ventilator. And if he survived, they said it was going to be months and months and months recovery. That he might have to relearn how to walk, how to eat, how to feed him, how to clothe himself, all that stuff. <coughs> and that happened at one of those times that I was just really searching. And I got down behind one of our chicken houses and just poured my heart out to the Lord. Lord, you know where I am. You know where Papa Davis is, and what we do. And I and I asked him to make himself real to me through that experience and I come to the house a day or two later and Pam said you're not gonna believe this Paul is sitting up on the side of the bed and doctors all over the hospital is coming to see what is happened. <laughs> I knew mean, what. Sure. So God will provide God is our provider and we know that he is trustworthy he has proved himself trustworthy through this experience that we read about of Abraham often his son Isaac and God letting it go right up to the point that he was about to slay his son and said no Don't do it. What a wonderful God that we serve. So this horror story that starts out like a horror story to me has a very wonderful ending. And it's an ending that gives us a great hope in knowing that we can trust in God. Yeah. Now, Chris, I, I say please it, do, I took up all the time no. and I apologize no. for that. That's why the scriptures are so important to us because these were real people and yeah, we talked about warts and all. Um,
0: we're right. up and we're down, yes, we're we good are. and we're bad, uh-huh. we're human, so was Abraham,
1: so was Sarah. Yeah. Uh, that's why we get good instruction from reading the scriptures. <coughs> A lot of people think these are fairy tales these were people that's right people. that's right That was not perfect that's right but god used them yeah and and the, just the way that we're not perfect today and god used them that's a great thought man. anybody else a word it's a wonderful thing when you realize that you didn't just depend on god hey, that's right that's it. one that's thing right. too chris this is a different level Times were
2: so different then. Right. A son was a very important thing. He inherited all of the father's mm-hmm. holdings. And that way he could look after the family. Without a son, I don't <coughs> know enough about
0: history to know what would happen to the holdings mm-hmm. of Abraham if Isaac had right. been sacrificed. Right. He was the only son.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It would go to him.
1: And all the promises that God had made through him, don't you think that was going through Abraham's mind? Sure. He was a human being. What God, you promised all this, he, that, and how, how can that be if... if yeah. Yeah. But, but he continued to be obedient. Yes. Abraham yeah. knew the financial aspect as well as the love he felt for mm-hmm. the son. But he also knew to live then. He needed the son
2: for his family should... When he was gone, right. to look at. So means. there's two
1: levels to this: the spiritual and the physical. Right. Yes. Amen. And well, look at the people that came mm-hmm. from Isaac. Yes. Let's
2: mm-hmm. see
3: nations.
2: And Isaac, when you study
0: a little further along, and you wonder how did he get? How did Isaac get his faith in God? Well, right here is one of those places when he
2: was tied to the wood
1: and Isaac started to slay him. And God talked to Abraham, and I believe Isaac heard it. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, I believe that too, Elaine. And he, we don't know how old Isaac was, but we know the, uh, uh, he's referred to in the Bible as a land and then a lot of common uh, carries as a boy. So, you know, we don't know how old he was, but certainly he was old enough to understand what was going on.
3: Well, two things that Abraham said in this passage here that made you to know at this time he had tremendous faith in God, that when he said, when he left the the animal and the servants behind and he said, the lad and I will go to the mouth of worship and we'll return. Yeah. He didn't say I'll return. Mm-hmm. He said, We'll return. And then later, just a couple of verses down, when Isaac said, uh, we have the wood and we have the fire, but where's the lamb? is mm-hmm. what did Abraham say? God will uh, provide, provide. provide. So mm-hmm. it, it gave you a little insight into the strength of Abraham's faith at this time. Mm-hmm. That that God was <clears> going
1: to So he, you know, that makes me think that he was maturing in his faith, as we should be, as we grow older and see the work that the Lord has done. Now, when Brother Mike asked me where we got to, I'm gonna tell him he needs to start at verse one. (laughs) We're going over, Uh, Brother Wayne. I'll stop there. Maybe maybe we need to sing a song and let everybody shake hands.